Blog Talk Radio. My producer slam, my flow is like, bam, jump on stage, cause then I did nigga, everybody diss, cause you can't bust this. You got a bad name like Dick Butt Kiss. Welcome to the next level of rhyme flowing, scratching, hooking up beats and hoe catching. Every time I come home, I got 50 messages. I only call back the girls with big, big breasts. Oh, I got biddies in all the major cities. The safest way to have sex is right between us. Excuse me as I kiss the sky. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balfman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this December 26th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Papa John. Support for the show is also provided in part by the new Infinity Q80 Inspiration, designed to stake, uh, shake the status quo in the large four-door club. The Q80 Inspiration is a no-compromise ambassador of driver-centric technologies and passenger comfort. Feast the senses with the Infinity Q80 Inspiration at www.infinity.com. Greetings and salutations, all you balkaholics and gerzakanatics. I'm your host, the slightly above average Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the original Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk about a collegiate running back that just made himself draft eligible for all you dynasty players out there, as well as talk about which Colts tight end is the one to own in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues going forward. Well, we're going to talk about it. I'm excited to hear Plus, uh, the runner-up in the Football Guys Players Championship, Greg Wilson, is going to stop by to talk about his return to high-stakes fantasy football and how he turned his only squad into the runner-up in this year's competition. Dave, early Happy New Year wishes to you. How's it going? Great. How are you, Valky? I am uh, excellent. Of course, uh, we... Did you have a good Christmas? It was fine. Uh, it was, You know, the thing is, I think once You're you have... a Christian. You're I am a Christian, yes. Just <laughs> getting that out of... So I did... Oh, good. As opposed to Hanukkah. To, I didn't want to offend you. That's nah, fine. Did you have a good happy holiday? It was my holiday was great. I think, you know, now now that I, you know, I have a kid who is um, you know, just turned one a couple of months ago. I have another one on the way. Family is getting bigger and it's the holidays become a little bit more stressful, but the the payday is a little bit better too, and you actually get to sit back and enjoy it with your friends and family. It's very nice. It'll get better when Lucas is older because then you can play with all his crap. Well, you know, I did play with a lot of his cousin's toys. Oh, yeah. uh, they got these Mario Kart things that go up the wall, real real life Mario Kart things. That was kind of fun. So, Can I give you a piece of advice? Yes. Never buy Lucas one of those, like, um, whether it's Legos or I think it's usually like their little racetracks. Don't ever get them those because then, you know, with all the stickers and stuff, because your job for the entire day, hey, Eric, can you put this together yeah. and put all those stickers on? Can I tell you something? Yeah. I've already delegated that to my wife. Oh, God, she does that. I had to do that once. It was the worst. <laughs> it's like there was like 90 stickers. Yeah. it's. I mean, seriously, it, it can be awful. And honestly, it's going to happen at some point. I just need to mentally prepare myself uh, for it. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. You can uh, connect with us on Twitter at HSFF or at Eric Balkman at David Gerzak. And of course, it's Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour if you want to post any messages there as well. And of course, the FedEx inbox is HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will get all of your emails and uh, tweets and everything to us during the show tonight, uh, of course, and fantasy feedback. That's coming up later on the show. Let's kick things off. It's weird, Dave, because we have um, uh, no Thursday night football to talk about. Uh, but you know what? Let, I, I totally forgot. Let's let's talk about this right away. Um, you know, it's the holidays, uh, and obviously it's a very happy time, but we also want to, um, you know, uh, you know, painfully, I guess, announce uh, sad news tonight is one of our friends, Rachel Hevern, uh, of course, Mike Trent's girlfriend. She played in uh, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, as far as I know, since its in inception. We hung out with her at NFFC in the past in Chicago right. back when we used to go to that. Right. I, I've hung out with her at the FFPC in yeah. Vegas. She actually yeah, – She was great. Right. Um, early um, the day after Christmas, she actually passed on. And uh, so heavy hearts tonight as we do the show. We want to wish the best – uh, not only to her family, but as as well as to our friend Mike Trent, and uh, you know the whole high stakes community is is behind you guys, and um, you know we we just wish nothing but the best uh, going forward uh, for you in 2015. So very sad, but um, 
you know, we, we just want to make sure we mention that tonight. Anyway, uh, let's uh, move on and, and uh, unless you have something to say on that. No, you can't. You kind of paused it like as if I, I, <laughs> I didn't know if you had something to say. It's fine. I'm not very poignant. You kind of already said your, your, you know, your piece on it. So yeah, as, a, as the color guy said, my four second comment. There you go. It's your job to go back to the play. That's football, man. There's, there's a lot of the you plays know, are fast and furious. You, be better, you have to be better at that. Play. You have to be more like the guys on CBS where are like, oh yeah, what'd you think of that play, Dave? You know, like. Damn, but that was quite a play. And then that's like when you mention his name, it's like, oh, hey, I'm supposed to talk now. Yeah. When we um when we did uh, uh games when I was in college, we would announce football games, and there was a couple of guys that um were color guys that would constantly they're always trying to steal the show, and they would constantly <laughs> talk over the play by play guys. They're like, oh, you know, that was a really big hit there. And as you if you look at that play, it was really well set up by the offense here, as we see on second and eight here from the 32. <laughs> and now Smith is gonna pass deep to Johnson, crossing play over the middle. That's a first down for Johnson. And as I was saying on the pre and the play by play guys, like you know, our commercials like, dude, shut up. <laughs> STFU. I'm going without you. You know, you can't just be talking over me all the time. That's great. So that was great um one other thing i want to mention uh, go to myffpc.com now um or whenever you're listening to this register for the world famous ffpc playoff challenge course uh with our friends over at footballguys.com we're uh we have the biggest uh payout this year a two hundred thousand dollar grand prize a six hundred thousand dollar prize pool paying all the way down to 500th place dave yeah 500th place uh 200 is the entry fee per team uh you're just over three thousand teams left just over 3,000 teams left. It's being capped at 3750 yep. this year. Uh, so make sure you, you – and you don't have to – I mean, obviously, you can't set your teams right now because we don't know who's in the playoffs. Just make sure you get your spots at your marks. You get the number of teams you want, and you're not left out in the cold uh, when the playoffs roll around. FFPC lineups, one player per team, going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be great. It's, and always, have, it's always fun. Every year it's fun. We have an email coming up later on the show. We're going to actually talk some strategy about yeah. the playoff challenge. Oh, so that, that'll be fun. Uh, thanks to uh, football guys and Roto World for tonight's rundown, Dave. Obviously, with um, you know week sixteen behind us, the regular season uh, is over. The championship round is over. We're kind of deflating, but we're already looking forward to next year. And um, I think that we're going to have our heaviest um, off-season show content that we've ever had on the show before, leading up to um, you know when when the football guys draft start in July next year. Um, so let's start talking about next year already. Now, Jamal Charles listed as questionable for week 17. I only bring this up because it seems like he's actually gotten quite a bit, you know, his numbers have gone down quite a bit the last month, month and a half of the year. And I'm wondering if, I don't want to say this is the beginning of the end of Jamal Charles, but I feel like we need to dial back expectations because he is a back that has had a lot of mileage, both with um, his rushes and his receptions over the past few years. Is he still a slam dunk top five pick next year in FFPC drafts? In redraft? In redraft. I wouldn't say slam dunk, but he's you know he's still up there quite a bit. I mean, a lot of people are taking tight ends and receivers early, so Char I could see Charles slipping to the bottom half of round one. Uh, he's definitely kind of reaching that, you know, if, if, if you take a running back career and you make it a roller coaster ride, he's about to start uh, – He's about to start going downhill on the, you know, the eagle coaster, the, you get, the wooden coaster. You have the, um, you have your hands up if you're a yeah. Charles owner yeah, right now, yeah, ready to. Yeah, hands up. Yeah. You're getting ready for the ride. The first who is out of your mouth <laughs> as you're, uh, as you're going down. No, and 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 I think that there, there's a certain fuzzy feeling of safety when you draft Jamal Charles early. But remember, Andy Reid, how many times has he apologized for not giving Jamal Charles the ball enough? And I feel like not only do you have to deal with, you know, the workload he's had the past few years. Um, not only do you have to deal with he's really the only option on that team, you have to deal with Andy Reid. Is he going to give him the ball this week? And I think that there's 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 something to be said for drafting a guy like Eddie Lacy over him who does get the ball. In, both, a, in an elite you know, offense. In an elite offense, exactly, yeah. I mean, I will say this. I mean, Charles had a really easy schedule last season. This year it did get tougher. I'm not sure how it's going to look next year. I'm guessing it's going to be a bit easier. Plus, he is the centerpiece of the offense. I mean, right. Being there, there's – it's almost tough to put a price on what it is to be the focal point. Like, yeah. oh, we didn't hand it off to Charles. Let's just throw it to him. You know, so that's a that's a big selling point to me on Charles. I'll probably be drafting him in some leagues next year. Let me ask you this. Um, knowing let's play a mini would you rather here. Rob, don't play it. Uh who, who would you rather have, knowing what we know now? Who would you rather have? Jamal Charles or LaShawn McCoy for 2015 redraft? Um, you know, I'm gonna take I think I would still take yeah, it's tough because McCoy had such a rough season. Um, but they had offensive line issues, and I really love the speed of the offense. I and mean, they run so many more plays, mm -hmm. and they score a lot more points. So I'm going to go with Shady. I think I would too. I'm I'm totally banking on the proven player coming off a bad year. Um, you know, 
philosophy when it comes to uh Sean McCoy next year. I bet I'd have him on a bunch of teams next year. Um would you rather voice? Are you I don't know what it is with my with my voice. Do I have to talk? No, I'm good. Jamal Charles, would you rather have Jamal Charles or DeMarco Murray next year? You don't, we don't know where Murray's assuming be. he resigns in Dallas. Yeah, Murray for sure. Okay, Murray could be a the top one pick. Possibly. He could. Well, no, you'd rather have Bell than Murray next not, year. I mean, I don't think that's a consensus overall. Everyone believes it. Well, I believe it, and that's really the only person that matters. <laughs> um, who would you rather have next year, Jamal Charles or Matt Forte? Um, you know, two Packer just brought up a good point about if uh, Trustman leaves, that it really changes Forte's value a lot because they, you know, Trustman that offense they throw to the running backs like insane. But didn't he catch a lot of passes pre-Trustman too? He did, but now I mean, not to the same. Level. Not not I mean, the steroid numbers he's putting. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The, the, the Barry Bonds numbers. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, and then so, I mean to answer your question, I probably would still take Forte, but you know, I guess I'm dropping Charles a little bit there. But a final one, I think I know which way you're going to say on this: Jamal Charles or Eddie Lacy. I'll take Lacey. Okay, I would too. I would uh, still take McKinnon over Charles. Though. What? No, you <laughs> totally can't. Right, th- don't say stuff like that because <laughs> I don't know when you're serious or not. Uh, here's another running back that we're going to talk about here. Todd Gurley, the running back for Georgia, announced he will forego his final season of college eligibility. He's going to be in the NFL draft next year. Dave, he averaged 6.44 yards per carry in his career as a Bulldog. Uh, he did uh, come off. He's coming off the blown ACL uh, that he suffered in November. So obviously, you, if you you know whatever team drafts him, is not going to have his services to start off the season next year. Um, could be a potential first round pick, maybe a second round pick. Uh, he's a six foot one, two hundred thirty six pound, bruising running back, but with you know some sweet feet. He, sweet feet. Yeah, he has good agility, good speed. A guy, if you're looking for dynasty, I don't. Again, I think if it comes down to me, and um, if Gurley wasn't coming off the ACL, now we have a discussion. To me, I'm going to take Gordon again, depending upon where they, you know, what what spots they land in. But I'd rather have a healthy Gordon rather than a, a you know a rehabbing Todd Gurley coming into next year. That said, where do you think Todd Gurley goes in in uh, dynasty drafts next year? Is he a top six pick? I think he's either. Obviously, depending on where they go, I think he. Gordon and Amari Cooper are the three top three picks. And I mm-hmm. think that's just going to be, we'll see at some point, you know, depending upon what happens, you'll see that really it'll start to slide out. But I think those are kind of the top three, the number one tier, and then it drops off from there. Again, it's super early, so we don't really know. So what you're saying is if you're drafting fourth next year, you really screwed the pooch. No, you know what? You're all right. I mean, I'm sure somebody's <laughs> going to come up. Somebody's. Come up. All I got to have is one team screw up in front of me in Mar- Blake Harrington. Marcus Mariota. I'm not taking Mariota. I already have Manziel. He's my. I'm building my team around Manziel. Balky. you need Mariota. Yeah, I don't listen. <laughs> I just touched Balky. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to have uh, a, a, a quarterback controversy on my team with Manziel and Mariota. You got big year. gun. You're all right. You got big gun. Yeah. Uh, Greg Allman on Twitter has reported the Buccaneers have signed wide receiver Lewis Murphy to a three-year deal. You know uh, what that means? It's an extension through 2017. What does that mean? It's a slow news week. Well, I bring this up. Uh, okay, so Murphy, 31 catches for 380 yards and two touchdowns this nice. year as the number three receiver uh, be, uh, behind VJAX and, and Mike Evans. But now we were talking about this before the show. VJAX is owed nearly $10 million in 2015, nearly $10 million in 2016. If he's cut, all of a sudden Lewis Murphy, if he's cap casualty and he goes somewhere else, all of a sudden Lewis Murphy is a starter in Tampa with either Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston probably throwing to him. And all of a sudden he's a little bit relevant, not only for redraft leagues, but for dynasty leagues as well. That's a good point. But I mean, I, I don't see, I don't see them getting rid of Evans and elevating Murphy to this number. Getting rid of Vjax. I don't think sorry, they're sorry. Gonna... I was re- reading Evans. I didn't read these rumors that Mike Evans is on the outs <laughs> in Tampa. Yeah, they don't like him. No, getting rid of Vjax and, and elevating Murphy to the number two receiver. He's just a guy. He's like Andre Roberts. I think that they feel that they're either going to draft a receiver early or renegotiate BJX's. Right. That's my opinion. I mean, and I think that they're going to work to to um, to keep VJAX on the roster next year. But I think it bears mentioning that this guy is on IR right now and Tampa has already extended him another three years. Money talks in no, the no. NFL. And yeah. I, I I think this Minimum is a contract. Honestly, this is this is a situation worth paying attention to. I don't know what leagues out there, you know, you're still able to pick up players in your dynasty league. Um, but if you are and you have an open roster spot, I totally wish I did in Carrington because this is the ideal guy I'd go after. Do we have waivers still? We we I'm don't, but I'm I have but I have I'm out of money and I have two extra roster spots mm-hmm. on my team. Yeah. So I'd I'd like to fill them, but I, I won't be able guys to. On IR in that league. You, but you're, they're not all on IR. You just 
well, I have five guys that are on but NFL IR. Okay, all right. Sorry, gonna, sorry, Commission. Well, that freaked me out a little. I'm like, how long have you had five guys? Well, you guys on never IR? checked. Um, we have uh, Greg Wilson coming up in uh, in just a minute here, ladies and gentlemen, here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I want to bring up uh, the Broncos running back situation as we move forward, not only into Week 17 of the 2014 season, but the 2015 season as well. Ronnie Hillman listed as probable uh, for Week 17. How do you see the Broncos running back situation shaking out between Hillman? Anderson and Juwan Thompson next year. Are those the three guys? Well, Monte Ball as well. Are those the four guys that are going to be contending for the for touches next year? Or do you see them bringing in either, you know, like a Lynch or a Murray or, or somebody like that or drafting somebody? I mean, I can't see them bringing anybody else in. Anderson looks fantastic. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, almost anyone that offense is like pretty good. Ball hasn't looked fantastic. And I guess Hillman doesn't have, he's, he's shown spurts. He was looking decent those few weeks he played. Um, but Anderson looks really good, and he's a big back. I don't know. I don't see any reason why they need to pick up anybody else. So you're in, in your opinion, Anderson is the guy next year to own. Yeah, is which he, it's weird because it's like he only became elevated due to an injury, due to another injury. Do you think he, with with Peyton Manning kind of falling off, you know, from I don't know if it's age or injury or whatever, do you think he's a first round pick next year, or is he still a second rounder in FFPC main drafts? I think he's not pedigree, and he's too risky to be that high of a pick. So you don't even think he goes in the second. I mean, he might, but I, I don't know that I would feel that super comfortable. To, it, it's, again, it depends on the news that comes out. If they say Anderson's our guy, he's our feature back, then he'll move up and then maybe I'll reconsider. But it's tough when he's not a non-pedigree back that gets his job and is doing it fantastically just due to two injuries. So stay tuned on the whole Broncos running back situation, I mean, I, yeah. basically. Yeah, I like Anderson as a second-round pick uh, next year. Right. right now, again, I think, I, you know, if I, if and this read, listen, this is the coming from the guy who loves Monte Ball too. Yeah, I know. December twenty sixth of uh, or December twenty seventh of twenty thirteen, you're like, oh, you know, I like Monte Ball going in next year as a second round. But in my defense, the same Denver talked up Monte Ball about how they wanted Adam Gay said like, look, I want this guy to be our feature guy, and you know he couldn't handle it and then he got hurt so all right we're cutting into greg's time yes uh let's bring in tonight's guest here uh, tonight uh ladies and gentlemen he's been playing fantasy football for nearly 20 years in two different leagues he started back in the day when commissioners had to pull the stats from the newspaper and this is his second time in an online high stakes league after a five-year absence he took his team nearly to the top of the Football Guys Players Championship, settling into second place and a five-figure payday. Please welcome Team Eminem, Mr. Greg Wilson. Greg, welcome to the show, man. Hi, guys. How are you? We are awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah, everything Great. is awesome. Uh, Greg, uh, congrats uh, on the uh, on, on the successful um, 2014 season you had with uh, with your Football Guys Players Championship team. We want to get into the ins and the outs of, of the draft and 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 uh, your waiver wire. But let's uh, kick things off first. What when you're not dominating the Football Guys Players Championship? What are you doing for a living? Well, winning a high stakes league in, in 20 years probably not dominating, but I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, um, I'm a art director for a digital ad agency here in, in Michigan, and. Uh, that's that's what I do and, and to make you know most of my money anyway. And uh, uh, not not trying to reconsider that occupation yet, but I have to say that it, uh, it, was, it was a blast this year winning some winning some money. Well, you know your winning percentage is is quite impressive. What is it? We we had like fifty percent crushing it. Yeah, which means I should probably retire right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go out on top, baby. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Greg, you, you played in one high stakes league uh, five years ago, and then you returned to the game this year with one football guys team. Uh, so, do you know? Just tell us why did you walk away in the first place, and uh, what brought you back? Well, I think the, the league that I got into uh, five years ago, I think, was kind of a startup league. It was—I uh, well, don't know if it was a startup league, but I, it, I, it appeared to me like it was a, a pretty young uh, venture, and, and there was a lot of kind of. Uh, Pickups with the system and, and the site, and it seemed almost nearly impossible to um, to walk away with any sort of money. Where it seems like with the FFPC, you know, there's several ways you can you can make some money in and out. In fact, um, I, you know, I went 10 and 1 in my league this year, and I ended up losing in the first round. I think the guy that ended up winning our league was second to last in our in our league, but had the third third or fourth most fantasy points. So I, I think it goes to show in, in this particular. Um, online league that you know pretty much anything could happen i think in the first one i played in it 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 always it's all from beginning to end like it was kind of a long shot so after so after the league championship or after the first week of the playoffs you're like i'm never playing this again and then after week 16 you're like i'm a lifer <laughs> <laughs> well 
I tell you, this year after doing so well all year long, going ten and one and losing in the first round, I thought that was going to be the end of it for me this year. So I'm happy to happy the way it ended. Well, I mean, Greg, looking back at your draft, uh, you picked out of the seven hole. Um, you met Arian Foster, your first round pick uh, in this draft, right. uh, despite his age, his injury concerns, uh, career mileage uh, had to factor into that decision. Would you look at drafting him in a similar spot in 2015 drafts, again, knowing what we know now? Uh, you know, I really think it would just depend on what happened in the offseason. Um, I mean, I knew all the risk with him, obviously. Um, I tend to, you know, at the seventh spot, that's always tough. You're you're usually uh, kind of stuck with who's left at running back or, you know, that's where I start looking at uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks, which is always hard for me because uh, I typically don't take quarterbacks too early. But um, I just felt like with, with the reception he's, receptions he was going to get and uh, knowing that I could probably get his handcuffed down the line a little bit, um, that it was worth taking a shot there. And I knew at seven I'd have at least a decent shot at a, a good wide receiver coming back, which I ended up getting Antonio Brown. So that worked out okay. So j- just to confirm, Greg, the Foster pick was, wasn't necessarily a target pick of yours, but at that point in the draft with those top six players off the board, and in this case it was um, uh, Peterson, Graham, Charles, McCoy, Forte, Calvin, Foster to you was the best selection left on the board. And, and I, would, I don't want to say you reluctantly took him, but you're like, oh, I'll go to battle with this. Yeah, no, I was okay with him as as a first pick. I um, it, it ended up I ended up taking Vereen for my second pitch pick, which I was you know that ended up being a mistake, obviously. But um, you know I thought with receptions, Vereen would be a strong number two, and I thought I'd have a decent backfield and, and some good wide, good solid wide receivers. Um, and looking back, I, I might have uh, you know you look back and you say, well, I wonder why I did that. I don't remember exactly my thought process, but I think um, Lynch was still on the board at that point as well. And I, I'm usually pretty big on Lynch, especially after last year. And, and uh, I, I kind of look back and say, well, gee, I don't know why I didn't take Lynch there. But I think Foster just looked more appealing as far as, uh, you know, the, the number of receptions he usually gets and the, the part of the offense that he plays for, for that particular team. And that's usually a pretty big criteria for me picking a running back because I, I really try to avoid uh, running back by committee situations. And, you know, he was still pretty solidly entrenched in that position as the number one. So. You know, uh, Greg, uh, before the season, uh, Eric and I, neither one of us really liked Foster at all. So uh, just goes to show you that's why you, you won 40 grand and we're sitting here. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, yeah, I think like that's, that's um, you know, those who so can't. stupid. Yeah, those who cannot do podcast. So and that's why we're here and, and we're, we're talking to the people that are that are pulling the real cash. Yeah. Um, you know, well, if, if, it makes you, taking if, it, if it makes you guys feel any better, DeMarco Murray was still on the board when I took Foster, so. Oh, yeah, that, a little bit better. Yeah. Hey, Greg, yeah. I can't even edit a JPEG here, by the way, so I, don't worry about your art director, job. <laughs> so I, I can't help you there. <laughs> so, um, Greg, how, how did you spend that final weekend of football? Uh, what, what were you thinking as you watched Antonio Gates, the, the great, iconic, young rookie Odell Beckham, who I also missed on, and Russell Wilson piling on the points for you? Well, it was it was an odd week for me. As I, I took, Eric and I were emailing, and I told him I hadn't told anybody. I, I'm pretty superstitious when it comes to this stuff and I always feel like as soon as I tell somebody I tank so uh, I I hadn't told friends family or anybody so I I was just kind of sitting there keeping my mouth shut Uh, Thursday went by and I felt pretty good because Gates had a had a real good game obviously and I think whenever you get 30 out of one of your tight ends then uh, you know you start to feel a little bit better about things Uh, when we got closer to the weekend I I realized that I, I did make what could have been kind of a fatal mistake which was I had uh, Bennett as well at tight end, and I was going to keep my options open as far as playing Bennett or Colston, and when they benched uh, Cutler, I was going to put uh, Colston in for Bennett and realized that I had put Gates in the tight end spot and uh, um, couldn't change him to Bennett. So um, it ended up I couldn't play Colston anyway, and, and Bennett didn't have a great game. Um, so that was kind of uh, you know a disappointment. And then, when uh, of course, when the Lions came on, Joy Bell was nowhere to be seen for the first half, and I thought, well, that could be it for me at that point. But then uh, everybody else, you know, back, Odell Beckham, who has been great all season, obviously, and I think most of the people in the top ten had him on their team. Uh, and then Russell Wilson, who I was high on. Actually, I, I actually did target him coming into the season because I had seen him go pretty low in a lot of the drafts that I had done before this one. So uh, it ended up working out, thank God. And, and uh, it was a pretty exciting weekend, that's for sure. 
It had to be interesting on you know Thursday night Gates. I think he started two for thirty four in the first half. So he was just full disclosure. Did they not play Saturday night though? Oh whatever. Yeah, the, Thursday Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was but oh, what's that? Thursday okay, yeah. Saturday. Oh yeah, excuse me. It was I'm Thursday sorry. night football on Saturday night. So I'm, my I'm, apologies <laughs> to the NFL Network for I, totally. This will never work for him. I'm used to watching my you know my favorite announcers ever. Yeah, they were the same. Four seconds. Oh my god, it's the worst. Like forty commercials. It's like the same thing. Don't you have a clip from some rapper? You know, and at the end, like I'm always like I have the the bumpers like memorized. Like coming up tomorrow on NFL AM with Amber. Leo Harris, we have more news on the blah, blah, blah. You know what I the mean? The BYU bra. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. What does it mean for you and your fantasy teams coming up tomorrow on NFL AM? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. terrible. It is. I mean, it's really bad. Anyway, you were going to make a point. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Gates two for 34 in the first half. Then he went off. He had, you know, he had a great, I think he had a fourth quarter touchdown. Beckham, he had, you know, he was, he was doing okay. And then all of a sudden 80 yard touchdown, boom, you know, it just went crazy. How do, I mean, that just would you? I mean, that just again had to get your heart going, right? Well, you know, it's odd because with Beckham, you almost expect to see thirty points after the way he's just gone off every week. Um, but yeah, the, the tight end was definitely a concern for me, especially uh, when Bennett got the one point. But um, you know, it's crazy, and it, I think it's what makes fantasy football so appealing to everybody. Is it's just really anything can happen, and sometimes it happens in the last quarter of the game, and you feel like you're, you know. You're out of it, and all of a sudden, you know, Philip Rivers comes to life and he turns into Superman with, uh, you know, and starts throwing, you know, passes everywhere. And Gates goes off, and I'm sitting there with Bennett, who's got just over, I think, two points or one point, and Gates gets 30. I'm thinking, well, <laughs> maybe I've got a shot here. Who knows? We're talking with uh, Greg Wilson. He took second place in the Football Guys Players Championship this year. And Greg, I got to ask you, uh, I looked at your draft. The software actually auto-picked for you after round 12. So did did something come up during the draft or, um, you know, where you just kind of like, you know what? I got my 12 guys here. I'm good. I'll let the software take the, yes. take care of the rest. You had six whiskeys in already. <laughs> well, I'm not going to put words in Greg's mouth, but but I'm just yeah, curious about I, what happened with the auto-draft. Well, I don't want everybody to hit auto-draft next year, but really what happened was I think I joined in a 4 p.m. draft. I was actually at work. <laughs> I got through my first 12 picks and people started walking in my office. And I kept putting my finger up, like, I'm on a conference call. I'll be right there in a second. You know, and <laughs> uh, it, got, it got to the point where <laughs> they were running to my office, like, we need you now. And I was like, crap. And I had, uh, I had already kind of pre-ranked um, some of my picks for auto pick. And oddly enough, I, I think the majority of the people that I wanted, I ended up getting. And I, I, I did want Beckham. I actually, uh, in full disclosure, I thought Robert Woods was going to be my sleeper at wide receiver. Um and, you know, Odell Beckham just ended up coming out of the blue. And I think what saved me there was I got Sanu, and Sanu had a, a good first half of the year and, and kept me in there long enough to, for Beckham to get in the lineup, and then he took it from there. Very true. Yeah, for listeners out there, uh, for looking at Greg's auto-draft picks, um, the, the two that really stand out, Mohamed Sanu in the 15th round and the auto-draft of Odell Beckham Jr. in the 16th <laughs> round so helped you win. Uh, you know, whatever but they were ranked, they were ranked exactly, and he did rank them. I mean, this wasn't like he put them in the queue, this wasn't just like you know, the, the FFPC software just drafting, you know, nilly. And then, of course, Robert Woods in the 17th round after that. That's pretty good when That's you nice. can, when you can yeah, rank guys well, like that. That's that, that falls under the category of you know, it's 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 good to be lucky as well as good. So, I, I, I definitely chalked that up to luck because really, no one I, I hadn't known that much about Odell Beckham when I. Put him in. Other than I heard somebody talking about how how high the uh, New York Giants coaches were on him, so I figured if he got healthy, then that might be a good sleeper. So you took the, uh, the Seahawks defense in round ten. Do you normally like getting an elite defense that early? And I assume you were a bit disappointed with them, you know, early in the season. But they came on really late. They started, you know, like, hey, it's time to start trying. <laughs> what did you think then, weeks fourteen to sixteen? <laughs> I think that was my worst pick of the draft. Uh, <laughs> back on it. And, and, and it didn't take too long to figure that out because obviously they weren't as good as they were last year. But I, I usually when it comes to defenses, once once I feel like I've got um, solid people at every position and there's there's not a lot of – everything else is somewhat of a gamble, I tend to take defenses a little earlier than a lot of people that draft. I know a lot of people will wait till the last two rounds thinking that it, it doesn't matter all that much, you know, that you can always pick up a good defense. But – uh, it does seem like in the years where uh, there are dominant defenses, and I did think Seahawks would be one of those going into the season, 
um, that that's kind of an additional bonus when your your defense can put up you know 11 or 12 points a week as well. Uh, so I, I I ended up uh, I think dropping them the third week or something, and I I flailed all season long, and actually ended up uh, uh, ending up where I did with the Green Bay defense only because they uh, they had such a good matchup that last week. Yeah, they really did. They they put up uh, some pretty good numbers uh, too in in uh, in week sixteen. Uh, Greg, given that you've uh, you've played fantasy football now for almost twenty years, uh, what skills do you think you've done a really good job uh, honing in on that makes you a better player now than when you started? Uh, and conversely, what do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge that you still haven't figured out that that uh, presents the biggest obstacle to you winning uh, year in and year out? Well, I think I think the biggest challenge for me is still second guessing myself, as I'm sure I'm sure it is a lot of people. Um, when I when I have a team that's that's doing well and, and averaging well like this team was, I tend to kind of not mess with the lineup all that much, um, and that's more out of fear of just screwing it up, you know, pulling somebody out and out coaching, you know, over coaching my my team or whatever. Um, I think that, uh, but there's still times where you know you feel like you should play the matchups and. And so I, you know, I tend to waffle back and forth on that, and I'll change my lineup two or three times before the the week gets out, and all that good stuff. Um, I, I think probably what I've learned most out of uh, the, all the years I've been playing is, it seems like the first three or four weeks uh, are never a good indication of how the rest of the season is going to go, with with the exception of, you know, some of the elite players. And a lot of people in leagues that I play or have played in. Uh, it seems like the first three or four weeks go by and, and people aren't performing and all of a sudden they start making big blockbuster trades and, you know, dropping people and picking up flyers and going after the hot free agent picks. And uh, I, I guess I've sort of learned to just sit back and let things play out a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes that's bitten me, but for the most part, uh, the, the things kind of turn around after the fourth or fifth week and the people who are supposed to start scoring usually do. Well, I got to tell you, man, I don't know if you're into fantasy baseball or not, but I have made a living off that um, exact strategy of, of waiting for people to destroy their everything that they've put into all their pre-draft analysis and then seeing a guy start off the season, you know, three for 40 and then they drop him in, in you know, right. late April or whatever. I pick them up and I ended up reaping the benefits So that. It seems like year in and year out, people just get too frustrated. So if you have the patience for it, check out baseball, man. I think you could do a very good job in that <laughs> yeah. sport. Oh, for sure. I'll have to, I'll have to let my buddy know. He's he's always tried to get me into fantasy baseball, but I think I think my wife would divorce me if uh, if I got into another fantasy sport. So, <laughs> hey, speaking of divorce, now you said uh, this is a terrible segue. Good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> segue. Is Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's move past. It's not. Hey, listen. It's not a segue if you have to announce it. Anyway, uh, Greg, um, you said that you had not told your wife. Uh, about these winning that have you brought it up uh broached the subject with her yet uh, about your success this year no i haven't even talked about it yet and uh as i was telling eric I, i'm so paranoid about uh the final stats being settled because there's only 0.28 uh points separating second and third place so i'm in second the guy that's in third is only a fraction of a point behind me and i i, I keep checking the standings every day thinking the stats are going to settle, and, and uh, he had the Denver defense, you know, and they're going to end up giving the Denver defense, you know, two or three tenths of a point, and, and uh, uh, my winnings will be cut in half. But I think it's getting to the time where I'm, I'll, I'll probably let her know, and uh, I'm, I'm sure she's going to get a kick out of it. But uh, watching Monday Night Football was no fun uh, because uh, she had arrived home with all the groceries for Christmas, and right in the middle of the game she's like, you need to help me unload groceries and put them away, and I'm going, oh, my God, she's <laughs> He's like, why are you so interested in this game? I, I don't know. It's, it's a really good game. I, so. um, Dave, would you, uh, would, yeah. would you care to talk about the stat updates at all? Yeah, to me, it looks, you know, again, I can't confirm this, like, so, you know, don't tell your attorney I'm saying this, right. but, you know, unofficially, but I think it really is kind of official, so I don't even know what I'm saying, but Tannehill's points got adjusted a little bit, and then Minnesota's defense got a stat change. Going- yeah, because they took they they originally gave Minnesota a sack. They changed it to a rush for Tannehill. So those yeah. two were. So I have an email today at 4:57 p.m. from our from our software company saying that all stat changes have been applied. So if you looked after 4:57 Eastern time today, and you were still in second, well, I, th- I think you took second. Hey, you know what? I can check that right now. If if I you, mean- che- you checked it, right? He's checked it. 
I'm, I'm loading. I'm loading. I'm loading up right now just to confirm. And oh, you're in. Th- <laughs> I will say this, Greg Wilson. You have won forty thousand dollars with the Football Guys Players Championships. So yeah, there you go. We're getting a, a live winner on air for the first time. Dave, you know who was right behind Greg in the standings is a friend of the show, Chad Butterfield and Matt White. We had those guys on uh, earlier this season. They finished third in the Football Guys Players Championship. Yeah, they're, they're this year, great. So. Chad's great. Chad is great. Chad and I had a great pleasure. I commissioned a draft with him and. Uh, He's an awesome dude. He is an awesome dude. Hey, moving on, Greg. We got we got a couple of uh, we got a couple of emails here um, from listeners uh, that just wanted to pick your brain uh, a little bit tonight. The first one is from Ray. He's in Chicago. When you start getting ready for your high stakes draft, what's the first thing you do? Start making your own rankings. Jump into a mock draft somewhere. Download a podcast or something else. So, what's the first thing you do, Greg, when you're getting ready for fantasy football season? What's the first thing you do to get ready for draft? Um, I usually go through and, and uh, kind of look at where all the draft positions end up and are ended up in the mock drafts anyway and uh, look at the position I'm in. And I'll start to highlight, uh, you know, who I think will be around at that point, so I'm not guessing, at least when I get there. Um, once, I, once I feel like I have a good idea of, of who's going to be around when, um, I'll start to go uh, and highlight all my handcuffs and my sleepers and I also kind of throw in that category kind of some of the old guys that um, a lot of people give up on, like Bolden or, um, you know, somebody like that who a lot of people don't draft till later but, you know, can end up being a good solid 10, 10 or 11-point contributor every week as a, as a backup or, a you know, a sleeper down the road. Um, and that's really all I do. I, I, I'll, the guys that I'm really hot on, I'll go in like I did in, in the auto draft and rank them uh, in case, you know, something happens and I need to hop off. But uh, other than that, I, I play in two other leagues other than this one. And, uh, you know, after the first draft, uh, it's always interesting to see how the other guys draft and how they're talking. And uh, I think it gives you a good idea of, uh, you know, how the other drafts are going to go. And, and uh, like, for example, Russell, Russell Wilson, I mean, nobody was talking about Russell Wilson in my other two drafts. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling he'd be around when I wanted them and I waited on him and, and luckily he was. And now you're going to have all those guys in those two other leagues just sweating you for picks next year. Now that when, once they no, found out about this, big no. Heyday. No, they, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'll see about that, but, uh, it, it's a funny local. game. I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say go to the local Kinko's, but being an art director, you don't want to do that, but why don't you, why don't you, why don't you enlarge, you know, do some artsy thing with the, the check before you cash it, like blow it up and then make some sort of montage or whatever and stain it and put it on something. I mean, I'm sure you could figure it out better than I could, but yeah, then you're the art guy. Yeah. Frame it. yeah. yeah. You get yeah, what I'm I, talking I about. <laughs> I can make a grand dungeon. Uh, there we go. I like it quite a bit. Uh, final email tonight for you, Greg, this is from Floyd in Boise, Idaho. Uh, hi, Greg, when you were managing your bidding bucks during the season, were you trying to take answers early on guys like Justin Forsett or were you saving them up so you'd be able to secure difference makers like C.J. Anderson? Congrats on the big win, Floyd in Boise, Idaho. This is an interesting question that, I mean, we get different forms of it, it seems like, every week to, to talk to these high-stakes players about it. But, but Greg, do you, are you normally a guy who you're not shy about blowing your money early on if you feel like you're going to get a difference maker that's going to help you over the whole season? Or do you like to save them up for you know a guy who can really help you uh, in the championship round of these high-stakes well, I, I got to say it, it's a it's a funny year. For, I'm probably a bad person to ask that question to, only because um, I think I went into the playoffs with $800 left. I mean, I literally I, I barely spent anything, and, and what I spent was on uh, bye week kickers and and uh, and defenses. So I think right before the playoffs started, just to make sure that I I didn't mess myself up, uh, I picked up two backup quarterbacks, which was probably a little OCD, but I figured in case two quarterbacks go down. And uh, and I picked up an extra defense and an extra kicker in case anything happens to those guys. So I guess it depends on need. If I had somebody, if, you know, a foster or somebody who I didn't have a backup for went down, I certainly would have spent some money to try and get somebody. But I, I really didn't need it throughout the year. So I, I went into the playoffs with quite a bit of cash left in the bank. I do like, I really do like the idea of picking up, the, you know, the two kickers, two defenses. I have no problem with the three quarterbacks either. I, I mean, those are the guys that get hurt. I think that's all. I think that's for the when, when waivers close. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's why. I am. Yeah. I listen. I would. I've seen too many people get screwed over by, you know, a kicker 
suspended or hurt or something weird, um, uh, uh, carrying one defense, and and then they they have a bad matchup, and you're like, oh, if only I had somebody, you know, yeah, else. Yeah. I, I think that it, it is smart for sure to carry multiple quarterbacks and for sure two kickers. Um, and even if you if you don't have a dominant defense, or even if you do, carrying a second uh, defense uh, definitely makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, Greg, I know you're probably, of course, with Wilson. He's the um, uh, football guys players championship runner up this year unofficially um well i mean <laughs> as official as unofficial can be you mean forty thousand uh, dollars richer um congrats uh, to him and he's joining uh, the show tonight here uh greg uh i don't know if you've started looking forward to next year at all again we're, we're we have limited information but so many of the players are already looking towards uh 2015 and uh, now that the regular season is done uh, what what uh what's a player that that you're looking at you, you think could be a really good guy, you know, early on or even later in the draft next year that you want on your team and a guy that you're probably staying away from in 2015 redrafts? Well, I'll definitely stay away from Vereen or any of the New England running backs. They just uh, they, uh, they just give me indigestion every week. You don't know what Belichick's ever going to do. And, you know, Vereen will score 30 points one game and then he won't see the ball for three weeks. So, um, that's definitely one I'd stay away from next year, assuming he's with uh, with New England. Um, I mean, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I, I think Odell Beckham's going to bring us back to the days of Jerry Rice, and I don't know, you know how young you guys are if you were playing back then, but Jerry Rice was almost number one on draft boards uh, every year that, that he was playing healthy, and uh, i, I got to believe Beckham's going to be up there and uh, – Le'Veon Bell and DeMarco Murray. So, you know, depending on draft order, those would certainly be uh, – they would be on my wish list. You think, do you think I'm about – I'm old enough now that people can't even ask me my age anymore. I guess I have a male on your my age anymore. I'm not that's, no, that's not true. That's an apply to guys. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, and say that, I'll say this about the whole Jerry Rice thing. When people were playing, you know, 20 years ago, I think I started my first year was 1990 six somewhere thereabouts i haven't been playing quite as long as greg but i will say this i remember jerry rice back back then and he was being drafted really high he was in the barasa league yeah. uh, a couple of my friends it, again he, he was a local pizza maker at the sabaro and also right. the uh the bookie yeah and he would, uh, always, he would always have a minus one minus one two on a pick em game right. that was the worst <laughs> so anyway a couple of my friends played in his league and they talked about, they told me about the, that's actually what turned me on to fantasy. It's like, oh, I want to play in this. But Jerry Rice was drafted way up high, sometimes the number one overall pick. And that was in the, the there was no PPR back yeah, then. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and they, was like, it was, I, I mean, it was just, in, and Jerry Rice, so you look at Odell Beckham next year. People have already been saying, like, look, he could be the number one overall pick next year. And, uh, you know, again, a lot can change. We're in December. It's not even 2015 yet. Um, but it wouldn't shock me at this point if I saw some football guys drafts next year. The number one pick was Odell Beckham Jr. Given what he's done in this year, extrapolate that. That's an insane total. So we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. Dave, our our favorite question now for Greg that we're going to ask him the most fun question. Yeah, you know, usually what I do is I try and make a deal to buy your team, but now it's already over, so there's no fun anymore. You're not selling for would less. You, than would you sell the team for ten thousand right now? Thirty nine five hundred, just in case of a late stat change. <laughs> It depends on if the, if the results are official or not. Yeah. All right. So really, so really the fun question now is what do you plan to do with the money? Other than now, And now that you've secreted it away from your wife, she doesn't even know. <laughs> right. That's not something you can easily hide from your spouse. So I, I think uh, probably what I'll do is uh, I, I think um, we might end up doing a trip to Vegas, her and I. It's been a while since we've been out there. And, nice. uh, and I, I'm going to guess, and this is probably everybody's going to groan when they hear the answer, but I'm going to guess the balance of that is going to end up in the hands of Michigan State University where we have two kids going. So, Well, hey, that's, that, just spending money on education for your children is fantastic because when you're old and decrepit, you're going to need their money. <laughs> exactly. Well, so it, that is – <laughs> I mean, that's one of the more interesting answers. And I got to tell is. you, I got to tell you, Greg, if you're looking for a weekend to go out to Vegas, <laughs> opening weekend of the NFL, you know, the yeah. FFPC, a great event at Caesars Palace. It'd be great to meet you in person and buy you a beer or whatever um, out there. Uh, that, that, that'd be and bring the wife. Pl plenty of people don't understand this. Like, too. I mean, and I'm not saying, Greg, you don't, but there's a lot of high stakes players that do their wives out. Yeah. They, for, go, to, they go to Louis Vuitton and pick out a $2,000 right. person. You buy a $2,000 team. Yeah, exactly. It, it seriously, FFPC, 
everybody wins. Don't listen to the sales pitch. Uh, uh, Greg, listen, it's a little embarrassing. listen, it was uh, such a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Um, I, I want to congratulate you. Seriously, one high stakes team and, and you win $40,000 off it. That's awesome. I want to welcome you back to playing high stakes fantasy football. I, I hope to see you for years to come. Seriously, what, what you've done this year is uh, is really a credit to uh, uh, your uh, drafting skills, and your management skills, and uh, you're definitely a force to be reckoned with going forward. Thanks a lot for coming on the show tonight and uh, a very happy new year to you as well. Thank you, guys. You too. And it's been an amazing year. Thank you. Thanks. That was, uh, of course, Greg Wilson, the second place finisher in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship this year. You almost ended the show there. I didn't. Was I? Was you were, I close? You were kind to... of mousing over at the ending of the show. Well, and then, and... Rob, Rob was waving his hands around. I, I didn't know <laughs> what that meant. So apparently, I was. Um, just you know, I, just because people always want to ask this, um, who you know, oh, who is this team? Who is this team? Who is this team? Um. This was Team Eminem finished second place overall. You can actually, if you're logged in your FFPC account, you can see it. Week 16, his lineup was Russell Wilson, Joyke Bell, Arian Foster. Uh, the wide receivers, Odell Beckham, Golden Tate, Antonio Brown, and the tight ends, Gates, Martellus Bennett, Stephen Gaskowski, and the Packers defense. That's crazy. So he started, he had Bennett going, which yep. was really unfortunate for him. I mean, right. the one. And then he like his receivers were kind of those shrimpy guys. You know, he had, you know, Beckham on Antonio Brown and Golden Tate. He didn't have any of like the six four, two hundred and thirty pound Julio's or Calvin's. Right. That's really impressive. It, it is impressive. And yikes, that time I seriously almost did on the show. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was about as close as I want to go. Hey, Rob, sorry. You know, what is what's with Bulky Rob? Okay, so Rob, I want to uh tell you right now, do not uh, normally going to fantasy feedback, which is what we're going to do, but we're, we're, I don't know if people can tell the difference with the high def audio tonight, but it is working. Um, I'm going to, as soon as I leave the, uh, the Papa John studios, I'm going to listen to it and see what it sounds like. Um, hopefully it's mellifluous. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but I, I want you to play the, the Friday drop if you can right now. And this from is what's going to lead Friday? us from the movie Friday, the 13th. It's labeled as Friday. I want you to play that one. And that's going to lead us into fantasy feedback. Doesn't that sound clean? Yeah, that nice. sounds really clean. Yeah, I'm excited. This, unlike this, those movies. Unlike those movies, uh, I don't. You know, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen anyone start to finish except for the first one. The good. You know what the best one is? No. The third one in 3D volume. Oh, it was in 3D. Oh, what yeah. year did that come out? I don't know. No. But I, I, I saw them all roughly. Uh, late 80s. Yeah, mid 80s. Mid -80s. 80s probably. Okay. I saw them all together like uh, as a three pack. I didn't sleep well in the then. theater. Yeah, like it was at wow. like Skyway Cinemas in Milwaukee. It was a buck seventy-five, I think. Mm, nice. Wasn't as good as Caddyshack Stripes and Animal House, which I also saw as a oh, pack. That God, was that'd be so, so great. Odd. I'd go to see that now and pay twenty bucks. Uh, I would pay a lot more than that, my friend. Lee in Henderson, North Carolina. What's up, guys? Last week, Zach Ertz helped me win my dynasty league, but I feel like I won it more in spite of him than because of him. Thanks to guys like Andrew Luck, Le'Veon Bell, and Emmanuel Sanders. What are your thoughts on him going forward? Can we expect more performances like his 15 to for 115 line? Or should I be selling now to get something back for him? Our Dino League does have one and a half PPR for tight ends, FWIW, which means for what it's worth in oh, internet slang. Yes. That's Lee in Henderson, North Carolina. Let's talk about Zach Ertz here a little bit, Dave. Um, first of all, I don't expect more performances like 15 for 115 going forward. I think we saw Zach Ertz's best game as a pro that, that on is, Saturday. That's what's to come. Um, really? <laughs> I mean, oh, oh my goodness. Sorry, I seriously, totally, you get you can't be tossing the equipment I, around I totally like that. I totally blew it there. I was um, so excited about Earth's performance. Well, you clearly are excited about Earth's. Are, are you are you being serious right now, or are you just yanking my chain, as the kids say? I, I don't think he's going to have those performances, but I'm actually pretty high on him. I think he's going to do really well. In his really? Yeah, why not? Wow. Because I did not – I mean, for me, I look at this situation as, a, as an offense that spreads the ball around. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback next year. I don't know if Jeremy Macklin's going to be there. Um, I do know Jordan Matthews is going to be there. I know Shady's going to be there. I know Sproles is probably going to be there as well. So there's so many like targets and granted, not targets that not players that require targets, but players that always seem to get them. And I just feel like if you're, if you're counting on Zach Ertz in a non-draft experts league, I think you're playing with fire and more often than not, you're going to get burned. So I would actually, I mean, I'm always shopping all my players at all times, but I think Ertz is a guy I would really be looking to move. At this point, I don't think I'd take less than full value for him, but 
if somebody's out there buying into this, I'm, I'm moving them and I don't have any trepidation about that. I don't mind, you know, I, I don't mind keeping him as an ascending player. This is only his second season. It's in an offense that runs, a, you know, just a ton of plays, and you have to consider that. And it's a high-scoring offense. I mean, and I, you know, there, it's an opportunistic defense. I know defenses fluctuate from year to year. I, I, I'm buying into the Chip Kelly offense, and I think that anytime you can get a piece of that offense, it runs that many plays and scores that many points that you do it. And especially, he's, again, young ascending player. Give me a percentage chance that Zach Ertz finishes in the top five in tight end scoring next year. Percentage chance. Uh, 50. Wow. Okay. So you are quite a bit higher on him then. I, I think so. Okay. I mean, like, you know, I, no, that's fine. I listen, I, I am trying to get your opinion on this show. You don't have to sugarcoat it to, to make it, to agree with me. I'll start telling the truth now. Bucky. Okay, perfect. I, I look forward to that. Uh, Lenny. And, and by the way, for, for, I mean, I, I think I made my feelings on Ertz clear. I probably won't draft him on any teams next year. Um, unless there's a lot of preseason puff pieces that I stupidly buy into again, <laughs> and then I'll probably draft. We them. love the puff. Uh, we do. Lenny in Los Angeles, California. I need your help right now. I have the opportunity to swap my Dwayne Allen for his Kobe Fleener straight up. I know Fleener had the better season, but that was mostly because Allen was hurt. Is this a deal you would do for Dynasty? Is this my a question from last year heading into this year, or is this the same question from last year going into next year? This is... Oh, wait. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, he writes, my Saturday mornings have always been awesome since I ever since I started downloading your show. Thanks. You know, you always complain, not complain, but you're always like, oh, I wish we had more live listeners. I wish you, I, you know, how, we, I insult them. No, you don't insult them. You know how many people have talked to me? Like, it's like Saturday mornings. Like, they love listening to the show. Maybe we should do the show on Saturday mornings. You know, we could. Jake Rickbrode, friend of the show. Jacob yeah. Rickbrode, uh, big Saturday listener. Yeah. Uh, Drew Maselli, of course, friend of the show. I talked to him out in Vegas. He said he goes, he lives in San Francisco or right outside the Bay Area. He goes in his backyard every Saturday morning and reads the paper, has a cup of coffee, and then he listens to us. Uh, Chad, wearing, wearing a robe, having a cigar yes, and coffee exactly. with his father. Totally. No, that was... Dad, look at how much money we have. That was Josh Maselli you're talking oh, about. Drew Maselli is the one who listens. Oh, that, oh yeah. that's, Drew is the father. Drew I'm is sorry, the father, I'm yeah. Sorry, I misunderstood. Chad Butterfield, who I mentioned well, earlier Drew is in the show. smoking a cigar, probably. Probably. Chad Butterfield always listens uh, on Saturday morning as well. Uh, our friend Tupacker likes to walk to the gas station in the morning and listens to the show. <laughs> so the quick trip here, he's a, he's a big fan of that. So I think he's, maybe he said farmer's market one time too. I can't remember what he said, but he's a Saturday morning listener. Maybe we should look at the show doing- Two Packers listening right now. Maybe we should list, look at doing the show on a Saturday morning. I think that would be interesting. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so let's help him out. Who would you rather have going forward for dynasty purposes? Kobe Fleener or Dwayne Allen? I think I would rather have Fleener. And um, I, I, to me, it's- it's just kind of the same thing as last year. I don't think Dwayne Allen is a really super talented player. I know he's performed well in spurts. And Fleener's, he's had a slow start to his career to an extent, but he's shown flashes. And I think, again, he's kind of an ascending player. Okay. Now, oh, those, here we go. No, those two sentences you just said, literally, you could flip-flop where you said Allen, say Fleener, and where you said Fleener, say Allen. And it would it, the totally right. the same thing. You're right. And so it's so close for me. Now, again, this is the bulky, the neurotic bulky talking about what I would do in this situation. When it's so close like this, I usually do not make the deal because I don't want to, if I'm wrong, okay, it was because of inaction. I don't want to outwardly screw up my team by making this deal. So if I have Allen, I'm keeping Allen. If I have Fleener, I'm keeping Fleener because it's so close. And honestly, I'm going to need the off season to make a call on this. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's fine. I, I, I think Fleener's, you know, he's taller. He's got more athleticism drafted earlier. Is he taller? Yeah, I think so. I think he's six five, and I think Allen's six three. But I can't. Okay. Wrong. All right. Well, I'm kind of looking. I'm not mock draftable here. I'm gonna see what's going. On. All right. Can we move on, or do yeah, do kindly do? Okay. I will kindly move on to Rob and Earhard, Minnesota. I have to cut down my dynasty roster right before the NFL playoffs begin. Wow, that's fast. I have to be at 16 players, and I'm torn on what to do. Would you guys roster Ben Tate going forward, or his hit? Or is his NFL career done before it really started? My Vikings kicked him to the curb, so I'm thinking of doing the same in fantasy. That's Rob and Earhard, Minnesota. For me, 16 players, I'm keeping the ones that are on NFL rosters. I'm not finding a spot for Ben Tate. If he gets picked up, then you can pick him up, but don't keep him, for God's sake. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, actually. Sorry but sorry about Ben Tate, but I think he's got to go. Do you think – I mean, Cleaner's he's 6'6", six, six, by the way. He's going to – oh, wow, he is tall. He's going to get signed, though, Ben Tate, in the offseason. Somebody will take a chance on him. Yeah, signed as a player, probably, I would think, as a backup. And yeah. He really was pedigree coming. I mean, he had the speed, and, but, I mean, he just doesn't done it. You think about it last year, he was looking to be the bell cow type guy, and what did he get? Not a lot of money from Cleveland. 
for like two years. It was like, was it two years, 10 million and three years, yeah, 10 million? That much. And then they got rid of them. So, I mean, you know, really respected, you know, broadcasters in this industry are taking, we're taking them in the fourth round this year in Pose versus Joe's, your fantasy alarm bugs. Oh, that's right. They did, didn't they? Yeah, I we, forgot about that. Well, I mean, to we be, were giving Jeff Manns a little crap. Dog on him right. a little bit. But full disclosure, you and I both like Ben Tate coming into the season, too. Yeah, we actually drafted him a, a decent amount of time in, uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. Because I love Jeff Manns. He's a brilliant genius. He is the man, the man with the frosted tips. <laughs> Happy New Year, old man 2014 and baby 2015. Clearly, I am baby 2015 and you are old man 2014. I have to agree. I already bought two teams in your playoff contest, but have never played played it before this year. Any tips that you can give a newbie just trying it out? That's Jeff in Santa Rosa, California. P.S. My buddy and I co-owned a football guys team this year and had a blast despite getting AP'd in the first round. We'll be back next year. Hey, that's good to hear. Um, so Jeff in Santa Rosa, California, never played the FFPC, the world famous FFPC playoff challenge before. What tips would you have uh, for a guy who is assembling uh, his lineup for the first time in this contest? Well, I think with the new software, we're not going to have to disqualify anyone for taking two players. Oh, really? Team. I was going to ask you about I, I that because that, that happens every year. I think it's locked and loaded. So don't be one of the 50 players that drafts two guys from the same team. Or a lot of times you have a new guy who will draft like eight guys from the same team. Oh, that's terrible. It's like, oh, man. You know? If only they would have gone all the way. <laughs> I would have had a lock. At least you disqualify them right away. And then like, who was in the Super Bowl last year? It was um, Seattle. And, uh, it's Seattle and uh, Denver. It's yeah. like, oh man, I'm locked and loaded. I got all these Seahawks. Oh wait. Yeah, we had one team that I think got a really late disqualification. Man, and they that's had like bad. all these guys. I'm like, you know, you only can have one guy. Yeah. You know. So my my advice to this guy would be, it's okay to be different, but be different within reason. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. yeah, nobody's probably going to have Wes Welker. And you know what? You probably shouldn't have Wes Welker either. Jason Book, who won our title last year, the $150,000 grand prize in the playoff challenge, Mm -hmm. he was different when it came to the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody and their mother had Marshawn Lynch last year. He took the Seattle defense. He ended up, I don't know how many spots he went up, but quite a bit in the Super Bowl because you get the double points for that because he took the Seattle defense. So be different, but be different with an explosive type guy. You know, don't don't be like – Oh, I don't want to take Demarius Thomas. We'll take Emmanuel Sanders or yeah. CJ Anderson, sure. you know, somebody like that. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't want to take uh, uh, Gronk or, or Brady. We'll take Edelman. Yeah. Don't take Amendola. Don't take Le- Well, LaFell, actually, you can make a case for. Yeah, you can see that. Um, you know, Jordy Cobb, you know, you know, if the Packers are interesting, you know, Jordy Cobb, Lacey Rogers. I mean, there's four guys you can go with. Final email tonight, Javier and Tara Hote. Happy New Year, buddies. I'm dipping my toes in Dynasty next year in a basement league co-owning a team with my brother-in-law. Since the NFL regular season is over, I'm sort of shifting my focus to the draft with a cursory eye on the playoffs, of course. Have you guys started your Dynasty homework yet? Are there any prospects you're excited about owning? And side note, did either of you take down the KFFSC this year? Thanks, guys, Javier and Tara Hote. A lot of questions, Javier, but we'll answer them. We took down the auction. You guys took down the auction, uh, we, you we and the real of, Leroy. Yeah, we won a bunch of league titles. But we didn't win any play. We didn't place in the championship. Well, but no, we. Um, what was the highest uh, a Wisconsin team did? Was it eighth? I think I, I saw. Think Leroy or Kurt had in seventh or eighth. I think Lucky Pierre was an eighth. Kurt had eighth. Okay. So was the title the Kentucky title will stay in Kentucky as uh, we, we, we did, did not successfully bring it to Wisconsin this year. Kurt and I did each win a steak sandwich off of uh, two Packer loves. So oh well, that was, that was every little bit. Proud victory. Um, big ups to uh, Mike Fox and J. A. Carey. They went back to back in the Kentucky main event. They won it last year. They won it again this year. I hate that's those that's guys. tough to do. You're talking about a, a field with nearly 300 teams. Very, very impressive. That is really impressive. Uh, that they were able to do that. We should have them on the show. We've we've uh, we've tried. They're big timing us, and oh, clear, clearly, uh, we have no shot. I'm gonna hit him over the head with the trophy. Real quick, any dynasty prospects you're excited about? I'm excited about uh, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Kevin White, Amari Cooper. I want to talk about those are the big name guys. I want to talk about all of them. I actually kind of like um, uh, Nick O'Leary from uh, from Florida State too at tight end. I'm not really far enough along. I like Marriott as a quarterback, which who doesn't? Who, who wouldn't like that right. person? Sorry, Balky. That's like, all right. I don't like Winston. Oh, whatever. Uh, James Winston, go Knowles, baby. <laughs> Let's go duck hunting ja- January 1st. That is that is going to do it for our show uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to uh, I want to thank, of course, uh, Greg Wilson. I want to thank Infinity, the good people there. I want to thank the good people at the FF, and of course, Papa John's FedEx. 
Our producer, mutual friend, our audio engineer, Bryce. All you listeners, I'll be on Series XM 2087 with Jeff Manza. Don't remember, 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 don't FFPC.com that is broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Pop in a disc and put emphasis on the dope. So my name come up in that conversation of who's the dopest. Better throw mine in it and don't mind me. While I remind you what a flow you won't find anywhere when it's fine.